off the chain. I'm your host Yvonne Mason with my co-host Ian Bush and a brand new guest tonight. We've never had this wonderful gentleman on our show before. He is an indie music artist. His name is Sorantos and if you haven't heard his music, do not go now because you know I will find you. Wait until after the show and go listen to his music. He is absolutely amazing. He is a DIY DIY international award-winning solo music artist and if you don't know what DIY means look it up he is a proud nerd a multi-instrumentalist a book author a comic book nut radio show host poet and part-time spy he is his music is across between Queen Michael Jackson and Ed Sheeran. I can't talk tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He's an alien from Mars who landed here to infect the human race and spread the disease of music. I can't think of a better disease. 2021 is year number eight of his journey. He continues to release a new song, music video, book, chapter, and poem every month, shaping his music to life. In seven years, he has released 14 albums with 178 original tracks, as well as seven fiction fantasy books that parallel the songs. He has had numerous media placements for his songs, instrumentals, and cues. Every year until the day he dies, Sorantos will release a new song and lyric video on the first week of every month, a new music video the second week, 
a new book chapter the third week and a new uncut behind-the-scenes video and poem the fourth week of every month. The CD and book will then be released every November along with a surprise instrumental CD every year forever. His music and books are 100% certified organic, caffeine-independent, gluten-free, and hypoallergenic. Because he believes that every story is a Every song is a story, and words are so important to him. He also hosts the songwriter's show. He tackles almost every genre imaginable as he expands his unique signature style with an eclectic mix of edgy experimentation across genres. And ladies and gentlemen, our opening song was called 9-11 and the Fallen, written, produced, and created, and performed by Sorrentos. Welcome to our show, Sorontos. When I got your media package from my friend Michael Stover with MTS Management, I said, oh, yes, I would be so honored if this young man would come and sit down with us because you are absolutely amazing. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Yvonne. It's a complete pleasure, and thank you for the kindness. I only speak the facts, sir. But anybody that knows me will tell you, you ask him, yes, she she don't lie. She tells it like it is. That's, that's so, good. That's good and bad, but in this case, it's good. Well, well, when people say, Vaughn, I, I need to ask your advice, my first question to them is, are you ready for the answer? Because even yeah, Ann sure. will tell you, if if you don't want the answer, don't ask, because I, I, I don't sugarcoat it. It's just not in my DNA yet. Take, I guess nope. it's my Celtic heritage. I don't know. I hear you. No, it's so, that Southern Fire. It's not Celtic, it? Southern Fire. Well, we did. <laughs> and I've been burned. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but my, back, my, my ancestry is Celtic. I can't help it. I mean, we were dumped down in the South many eons ago. It just rolled over. So, Sorrentos, you are a songwriter, you are an author, you do YouTube videos, you are a radio host, you are a man after my own heart because you are so multi-talented and and craft, your craft just explodes. What made you decide to blend all of that into what you do because as I I travel a journey similar and it gets exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie at certain times it is a little bit exhausting, but I started with a mission and really it was very simple. It was just, I want to release something out to the fans every week. And, you know, as I kind of started down this road, the fans had some really cool suggestions. You know, I, I love writing and I've been a nut of many different genres, but fiction has always been kind of cool. And I'm an eighties child. So Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Star Trek, all these things really appeal to me. And as I tried to come up with, you know, lyric video was easy, music video. I said, what else am I going to do for the fans? I did a, initially I did a behind the scenes, you know, funny video, um, you know, and I kept evolving, but the, the book chapters, you know, it's always limiting when you're a songwriter trying to take words away and trying to have imagery and metaphors and all these things, but you're only limited and you've got to rhyme it with something or it's got to fit the scansion. It's got to be only seven syllables or four words or whatever you're doing with that particular melody. So I liked the idea of doing a book and I said, you know, I had heard at one point Adele wanted to always do a book and I thought about it and I said, you know, not only am I going to do a book, but I'm going to make it based on each song, which nobody's ever done. And I and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, if the song is called 911, you know, uh, 911 in the fall, and I'm going to make the book chapter called that, and I'm going to tweak the lyrics in there, and I'm going to. So every month, I don't really know where the story's going, and it's just a work in progress, which I thought was very unique. Uh, and then recently, in the last couple of years, I decided to do a poem of the month too. So it's just a work in progress, and the fans have been supporting me, giving me ideas, and I don't know where it's going to go, but that's where it's at right now. And I, I know the wheels in your brain are turning because my head is spinning, so I know yours is. 
And I know you have questions for Sorantos because he is a phenomenon. I I oh, just yeah, want to sit in awe. I'm just in awe of him. No, and I am too. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Actually, I, so I heard that you were a child of the 80s, right? I'm an 80s child, man. I love the 80s. Everything from Michael to Def Leppard, Bruce Springsteen, Rick Springfield, just so many, so many influences. Queen, you know, just the list goes. Anything 80s, there's like a 98% chance I love it. So when 9-11 happened, you were how old? 9-11. Uh, boy, let's see. That was what? We just came on the uh, 20-year anniversary. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, uh, I was in my 30s. So with you being in your 30s, was that a lot different for you than, say, somebody who, like me, I was in third grade? <laughs> um, how, what, what, what would be that contrast, do you think, as an adult watching that Vice a Kid? And, and did that kind of play into how you wrote that song? Yeah, definitely. You know, when you're a kid, when I was a kid, my dad worked hard. Everything was about grades and school and the family, but they were immigrants. So you always thought, hey, they came to this country. You can make something yourself. Anybody can if you work hard. And then all of a sudden, you know, when you're a young adult, you have something happen that you can't even fathom anything like that would ever happen. Like, you know, you watch movies, everyone is dumped down a little bit with violence and all the things that could happen. But to have something like that happen, and interesting story, I happened to be vacationing down in Houston and, you know, did this little trip thing. And the day of, we were going from Galveston to San Antonio. And I wake up, we're driving it from Galveston to San Antonio. And all of a sudden, you know, this stuff's going on. I'm like, is this for real? So we get to San Antonio. Of course, we watch the news. We kind of catch up more than you can on the radio. And people are like, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm surprised you guys are staying here because we're like, yeah, we're going to stay overnight and then try to take off to go back to Chicago. And we're like, why? What's like, what's the big deal about San Antonio? And people are like, dude, this is the biggest military base in the U.S. If everyone else is getting bombed, we think we're next. And I hadn't even thought about that. Like, I never thought San Antonio, you know, had that kind of presence. Wow. Was that, that was definitely an eye opener for you, I'm sure. You guys there? Yeah, I said that was definitely an eye opening for you, for sure. Hello? Oh, dear. Did, did we lose them? How about now? Oh, yep, can perfect. I, can, there you go. Can I hear you now? Can we hear you now? Hello? Hey, I hear you. I hear you. I don't hear Santos. Okay. Santos, though. Yeah. Oh, he's almost there. No, I was just making sure you knew that you were still live, too. And... Right. Okay, so I am still live. Yeah, we, we lost him. You can still hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, you can hear me, so I'll okay. wait, wait for him to come back. Yeah, we will. It happens, technical difficulties. Yeah, it it does happen. Let me see if I can call him. I don't know what happened to him. Eight, four, seven. You know what we did? It, it was, it was. Uh, we gave him the, the stumper question. There He's he like, is. Let's see if we can it, so. get him now. Let's see if we can bring him back. Ladies and gentlemen. Saranta, Saranta. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we call this off the chain. We don't know what's going to happen, so we just roll with it. But we're glad he called back because I was getting ready to call him. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know how that you guys got or where we're at. You're you're a radio host, so you know things happen on live radio, especially with the internet. It, It. it just is. We don't worry about things. We just move on and have fun. Where, where I, the question that I was asking is when that clerk at that hotel made that statement to you, did it make you stop and take pause and go, oh, my, this is really real. This is not a test. 
Are you still there? Ian, can you yeah, hear me? I'm here. Okay. I can hear you now. You're kind of coming in and out. So oh, okay. You, heard, you said something about the clerk at the hotel made that yeah, what statement. I, what I said was when he made that statement, did it did it really jar you that this was not a test, that this was something that, that was real? Yeah, and even watching, you know, listening to it on the radio was one thing, but then when you all of a sudden are watching these surreal images on TV and videos and then, you know, the one building collapses and all that, guy, it just it just keeps getting more and more surreal. And like I said, you almost feel like, all right, is this a practical joke? But then no, this isn't like no one would make this kind of practical joke. So at some point it became reality and then all the flights are grounded. Um, it was just it was just weird. Did you feel like you were caught up in a bad movie? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So actually, I got a, a segue question, if that's okay, Yvonne. Of course. So you're you're producing all this stuff, and you're you're um, doing it at such a frequency that I mean, that's some breakneck speed. I'm really impressed with that. How do you keep your motivation up? Do you find yourself continuously inspired? Are you one of those uh, people that, you know, you just inspiration comes to you in the smallest of ways, or do you have a secret that you sh- that you want to share? Well, what, what would you think? Yeah, I will tell you that. So there's a couple of different ways I think about this. The first is I've been writing songs since like second grade, third grade, and consistently since fourth grade. So the way I think about stuff is I always thought it was inspiration, right? It hits you. You say, I love you. Yes, I do. I really, really do. And you're like, wow, that was original. It's so cool. And I'm never going to edit it. And then as I went down this road, and this is my eighth year doing it, I've been taking songwriter lessons with a pro for about five years. And when I first started, and I really, really want to do this, my dad passed away. And I, you know, mulled for, and was kind of sad about it for many years. And after like five, six years, I said, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. My dad worked his entire life. He never really got to do what he wanted, even though he says all he wanted was to raise us and, you know, for us to be happy. And I said, I want to get on my deathbed never having given this a shot. So I would read every book, watch every video, just like a sponge, try to soak this stuff up. But when I started taking songwriter lessons, it was completely different for me. So as opposed to just singing of whatever you feel like together or trying to hire someone to jam a guitar to an idea you have, you know, it took a lot of hard work to learning how to play the piano, to learning more about songwriting, to deciding there's inspiration. And then there's editing. Editing is, is really critical. And To give you an example, famous songwriters will sit there and say, yeah, you know, it only took me like eight hours to come up with those two lines. So there's a lot more to it at the professional level than I even ever imagined. So at this point, I write, create whenever I feel like it. I don't feel pressure to do it. But part of that is I have like over 3,000 songs I can pick from. But what I've, what I've realized is happening is I don't use any of my old material because the things I write and the way that I think and the melodies I come up with now pale in comparison to what I did three months ago or a year or two ago. So I think um, one of the tricks that I think every creative person should do, and I do this, on my iPhone I have notes. And anytime I watch a movie, read something, if something really strikes me, you know, I'll just jot it down under my book section or my lyric section. And the other thing I've noticed happening in the last year, you know, I would look through those and say, oh, that's a cool line. That's a cool line. Let me see if I can use those in my songs. But my songs or my books were not as coherent as I like. So what's kind of happened to me the last three to six months is I have all this archived stuff that I've saved the cool phrase. And now when I write, I don't even like look at that anymore. But if you ever get, like, writer's block, then you have this archive of, you know, lyrics or book material that you can look through to kind of jog your memory and get you going again. I think it's great for writer's block. It's actually Absolutely. funny that you say that because my – I'm sorry, Yvonne. 
No, go ahead, sweetheart. Um, it's funny that you say that because actually um, I am the opposite of that, where I would get so excited that I'd have like the, the book and the arc and the storyline and everything, and then I'd never fill in the uh, missing pieces. So it would almost be like I did like the border of the puzzle and just never did the sure. middle of the puzzle. So it's funny that you know, we have such There's many ways to do it. And I, oh, I'll yeah. tell you, I started, I started, it was all lyrics. And then I try to figure out the music and the, now it's like, it's all about melody and drum grooves and trying to figure out. But I think, again, when you're bored and you feel like, hey, all my writing is the same or all my songs are sounding the same, do it the opposite way or do it something different because you can get stuck in a rut in every direction. If you come up with chords and then your lyrics and then your drum groove, you know, flip it around. There's no wrong way to do any of this stuff. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'll be inspired by being on vacation and visiting a little church and being like, wow, this is really cool. And I will come up with everything within a few minutes. And then I go to edit it, you know, like later, because you should always give it time and space. You are your best editor. Just don't look at it for a week or a month. And sometimes that thing you did initially doesn't need editing. It's just so great, but um, it's very rare for that to happen. There's always something you can make better. And Sarantos, as as an indie artist, and and I've been in this business for 20 years or better. As an indie artist, whether it's it's an author, a musician, a songwriter, a painter, whatever it is that we do as indie artists. I've had people come to me and say, well, I'm giving up. Now, to me, that's failure because what we do, like you, we don't have any big PR people. We don't have a bevy of people out there promoting us that we pay. Number one, it costs too much money. We don't depend on others to walk our journey. And it takes grit, determination, stubbornness, and the and the the goal of knowing that we have a craft and it's up to us to leave our own legacy. Would that be a fair statement? So um, I think, yeah, you can't let other people walk your journey. And I can tell you, when I first started, I literally thought, wow, I spent like 500 hours on my first music video and so many hours on my song and it's going to go viral. And then it didn't. Then my second, then my third. And you do get to a point where you want to quit and you're like, why am I doing this? I'm spending so many, all my free time at nights, weekends doing this. But I think I've heard so many stories of people that make it right when they're ready to quit. But I think if you, if you're in the right mindset, and you're just doing this because you love it, and you're really not doing this for the money, then you're never going to quit. Most of the people that quit, I get it, because they don't have a backup. You know, they move to L.A., they do this, they're waitressing on the side, and then after, like, three years, they're like, I'm so sick of this, or I need to make money to do. So I think you have to have a plan. So I live in Chicago. I kept my day job, and I would love with all my heart to give up my day job and just do it for charity, actually and do this full time, but I'm already doing it full time on the side. And I think you got to protect yourself and be safe and figure out how am I going to live? Do I have family? Do I have, how am I going to budget my, my money, my friends, my time? But I don't ever think of it as failure. I think it's it, it, to each their own. You know, some people are doing it for the wrong reason. You know, they love playing piano. Mm-hmm. They were forced to take piano lessons as a kid. And everyone's motivations and ambitions are their own. So I think I've been there many times. I can't tell you what keeps people going and makes them not want to quit. But you'll know that you're doing the right thing when you feel like that. Because I'm never going to quit this. And I don't care. People could tell me my vocals are terrible. People could tell me my songwriting sucks. To me, I'm going to do this till the day I die. And again, all I'm trying to do is get better every day. And it's hard. Because as a creative, you guys know that. And and the thing is, the more we do, the better we get. My mother used to tell me, Yvonne, you practice, 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 practice. And 
then when it one day it it finally clicks and she says and when it clicks then you can pervert it but you have to get to the basics down pat before you can move to the next level and this many people that i've dealt with over the years they get right there to the edge of the getting the basics down and they walk away from it because then it becomes too hard and I think that's sad because we have lost so many independent artists in the music industry and the writing industry and the art industry because they walk away because they don't, they get frustrated and they don't understand we are a community and we're a very tight knit community and we support each other. This is the basis for this radio show. Because I, we, Ian and I want to support other artists and give them a platform where they might not be heard someplace else. Yeah, I hear you. And I understand the challenges on both sides, from the radio side, from the podcast side, from the artist side, from the, hey, you know, I got 50,000 streams last month. Oh, boy, I made, you know, $4. Um, I get all that, you know, and COVID obviously threw a wrench in everyone's plans. I personally do not tour anymore or do live gigs because I'm trying to be the Beatles in reverse. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be a studio musician, get my craft where people are like, I can't believe what this guy's putting out. And then when there's a demand and I can tour the way I want to tour, then all I want to do is tour. So there that's my personal ambition. And with that. Hey, Yvonne. Oops. Yes. I was, she read my mind. And with that. You read my mind. There is a song that you wrote and you performed that I have on our playlist that talks about that very thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain with my co-host Ian Bush and our guest, music indie artist Sorantos. And this is a song I think everyone really needs to take to heart. It's called Every Songwriter Needs to Spend Some Nights Here in Nashville. We will be back in a few minutes.
here in Nashville. It's just what you gotta do to let the music come to you. Every songwriter needs to spend the night here in Nashville. So now, you know what you gotta do to make it like the Bakers do. back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, indie music artist, Sorantos. That was his song, Every Songwriter Needs to Spend Some Nights Here in Nashville. Now, in on Sorantos' website, he says this thing. He says that everyone should, his music should make everyone want to sing, dance, and listen. And ladies and gentlemen, that song does all three for me. Sarantos, I love that song. I love the beat. I love the words. I want to get up and do a buck dance while I'm listening to it, but I can't because I'm tied <laughs> to my computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. You just get up and do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that song. That is one of the, the neatest songs that I have heard in a long, long time. You know, I I personally love that song, and it did get rated very well. But when I look at, I've been in Nashville a couple times, and it's just, it really is just a cool, cool place. And part of the message to that song, you know, it wasn't just to be different like you are trying to do with every song. It's not just to have a message that could be interpreted in a couple different ways. But at the end of the day, you got to work hard. And if you want to make it, one of the things I saw early on and so my songwriter coach said, listen, you don't want to make the same mistakes over and over. He goes, I've seen people in this industry 20, 30 years. They're like, everyone else is full of it. You know, my stuff's great. And they do the same things over and over. So one of the things that I think we need to do as songwriters is get better. And the only way you're going to do that is when you stop being negative and focusing on the fact that, it takes one or $2 million for, you know, you to market a hit song, right? At the minimum, it doesn't matter. Even if we're indie artists and we don't have marketing budgets, we don't have that marketing budget to get these songs heard three, four, eight times for them to become hits, but it doesn't matter. What you can work on is let me make my melody infectious. Let me look at Max Martin. What did Max Martin do? Why does he have all these hits and he surpassed the Beatles? Oh, he does these hooks and he has an instrumental hook and is very much mathematical and there's things you can take from everybody. And the thing I love about Nashville is they have the Nashville way is if you write a song with three people or two, you don't sit and say, Oh, I did the lyrics, I did the melody. You just split things equally. You know, if you're in that room and you're part of doing it and Nashville is all about the vibe. You can get so caught up in trying to make the perfect song that it doesn't have emotion. So it's mm-hmm. not only about, heading the perfect melody sometimes you know passing notes have a lot of meaning and even if they're out of tune again it's about the message of where they're going a few passing notes in between the perfect melody are very acceptable and if you take what's your favorite song ever oh my goodness i have to say i have several but my favorite i'll pick um shares um My mind just went totally blank. Okay, uh, the one that she, where she talks about being a, a gypsy. Oh, I know what you're talking, you're talking about. Um, uh, it, it's it's late at night. My brain goes down late at night. I can't even remember my name half the time. I like ladies anything. and gentlemen. I'll, I'll take Yvonne to bed. It's okay. <laughs> the gypsy song. Gypsies, tramps, and something? Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Okay. So I guarantee you, if you go find that song and you just find the YouTube video, it is amazing when you look at a song like that, right? You love it, and you're going to see, like, thousands of people disliked it and hate it. And you're going to read the comments, and you're just going to be amazed how what you think is so great, someone else thinks is complete garbage. And, And with music, music is subjective. You know, it's about emotion. It's about, oh, I remember that was my first date in high school, and it's tied to that memory. So, 
on the one hand, you can't take yourself too seriously. On the other hand, it's all about trying to get better and at some point releasing our creation into the world. And if the timing's right and if enough people understand the message, and yeah, if you have enough of a marketing budget, you're going to reach more people, but you can't make music because of that. And, and as artists, we all, hang on one second, and let me, before I forget this thought, as artists, we all, we have to go into it understanding that not, what we do is not for everybody. Sure. And we cannot take it personal. Ian, go ahead, jump in, hon. No worries. I was, I was actually still laughing that uh, you and I, we're, we're still dancing. I love it because, like, we synchronized. I'm like, Javon, do the song. You're like, I got the song. I'm like, look at that. And now it's like, Javon, I got something to say. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. I love Austin Chain. So it, it's funny that you're saying favorite songs, too, because as time goes on, um, you change the song that is your favorite, right? As we grow, we hear different things, turn different you know, turn different thoughts into uh, reality, right? And it was funny that Yvonne had such a um, a struggle picking her favorite song because I knew when I was a kid, um, Strawberry Fields from the Beatles was the only thing that would get me to go to sleep. And then, like, when I was a teenager, The Doors was the thing that kind of made me feel, I don't know, connected, right? But then I had my kiddo, Mm -hmm. and... um, I don't even know if this is an actual song. Like, I don't even know where the, the, where it came from, but you know, like my body lies over the ocean. Um, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. That is an old, old My body song. lies. Yeah. yeah. Like that is uh, literally, I'll be at work and I'll literally like my body lies over the ocean. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I just like it gets me back in that mode of like having my kid and like rocking her to sleep because yeah. half the time she couldn't even go to sleep without dad. And like it was that song. It was the Beatles. I got to share the Beatles with her. And so it was it was kind of cool that, um, you know, we were all connected to something. But as time goes on, our, our perspective changes and we get new likes or things that speak um, more, how should I say, genuinely, more yeah. realistically. I, I don't know, but that was the thread that I pulled from that conversation. There's really no conversation. There's really no question <laughs> for you, except how do you feel about that, and do you agree? Well, and it's all tied to emotion. They've done studies of why do people, you know, like a certain kind of music, and oh, it was based on what their family was listening when they were growing up. And even if you have the formative years musically, it can change later and it can adapt. But um, talk, you talk to someone like, you know, Ryan Tedder was talking about this. He's one of the most prolific songwriters of our generation. And he was talking about how when you look at people nowadays streaming, he goes, it's so hard to compete with the old songs because they're ingrained in people. And in some of the young generation, you're like, well, how would they hear Queen? Well, guess what? There's a movie a couple of years ago. And then mm-hmm. a lot of them fell in love with Queen. He goes, people would sit and stream our old stuff, but to a 13-year-old, if she sees something on TikTok or she just hears it on some playlist, it's new to her. And that's the beauty of your music is your song might take off, you know, way down the road in 10 years. And again, could it take a little bit of luck? Could it take a little bit of the machine, you know, pushing it on? Absolutely. But um, you know, again, if people knew exactly how to make a hit song every single time, the labels would have it down pat and it'd be easy, but they don't. If there's this, there's this factor they can't anticipate, and that's, oh, we have COVID, and it's the perfect storm, and oh, my God, blinding lights just took – but if you look at what types of songs people are making, nobody was doing long intros, right? Blinding right. lights had a really long intro. So there's all these things that sometimes go counterintuitive to, hey, everything is mostly a major chord. Oh, now it's minor chords. Oh, everything's in the three-minute range. You know, So you don't want to chase trends. You want to create new trends. And otherwise, I see that all the time. People are making what was hot. But when you release it in a month or six months, that's an old trend. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because that's one of the reasons uh, when I was growing up, I wasn't a big fan of Pink Floyd because of the long intros. You know, some of those yeah. songs, they just seriously sit there and they sound like they're just going to, like, play the guitar for another 10 minutes and then, like, actually start singing. But then, again, yeah. with the perspective thing, I grew up and I'm like, you know, that's actually, like, really powerful that they can tell a story without even talking. Yeah. And you have to put yourself in that in that uh, time period, too. Other bands weren't doing that. And that's exactly what you said. Like, when they released that, that wasn't old news. That was new news. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, do you feel like your music kind of does the same? I mean, I try to. And I can tell you a very specific story. So one of the things I've learned to do with my songwriter coach is a blueprint. So because, you know, they say, oh, the second verse is always the hardest and there's all these tricks and things. But a lot of people, I will listen to my older stuff and even, um, you know, some songs. And you're like, wait, that doesn't flow. Like, what, what is that? That doesn't make sense. So having a little simple blueprint that says, hey, what's the theme of this? And what's the relatable message? I could write this awesome song about how, you know, I love lifting weights at the gym and it's all about me, but if it doesn't relate to you or to at least a few people, so there's got to be a relatable premise. And that's where the new song that I just released that came out today actually is called, I just don't care. Right. So part of that was, Oh, you know, Justin Bieber had a big hit with that Sharon. I don't care. I just don't care. That's interesting. What do you not care about? But when you look at the lyrics and the way the song goes, it basically is like, I just don't care about anyone, but you, so it's actually like a complete twist that he really does care. And, you know, the, the message and the hidden meaning to that song was basically I wrote that when I was in the waiting area for someone that was having surgery. It was very important to me. So it's a very emotional song. But without my blueprint, in the first verse, I was like leading to the pre-chorus. There was a line there of, you know, hey, basically, you know, off the surgery you go. And then when I looked at the flow of the blueprint, I was like, well, wait a minute. First of all, this has to be open-ended enough because what if someone isn't having surgery? So it became relatable to all sorts of relationship issues and all sorts of, you know, um, you know, it could be taken many different ways. And then in the third verse, all of a sudden here comes the surprise of off the surgery you go. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. I didn't even know this song was about that. So you have to think of this stuff as a songwriter and you're not going to hit on every idea. You know, I had a song a couple months ago called I bang me. I thought it was the catchiest phrase. The chorus was so infectious. It did really, really well. People loved it. But then 10% of people are like, what the heck is this? Eye banging. Like, what is this pop dance summer kind of song? Eye banging? Like, that's so crude. That's weird, you know? So, you know, that's just part of the life of a creator. So being a creator, that takes me all the way around the block to your radio show and I want to talk about that for a minute because I want people to go to your show and listen to your show so I know it's it's to promote other artists but tell the folks what it's about when it's on where it is and in the whole purpose behind it because you like me as an indie artist like to promote the craft so take it and run with it Sure. Thank you. And again, I appreciate all your time and um, the kindness, but the songwriter show, basically I've been doing it. God, I think we're on our seventh season or something, but currently it's on reality radio 101, which is a huge radio station. And essentially I wanted to make it for indie artists. Now I'm not going to say that if Ed Sheeran said, Hey, I want to be on your show, <laughs> you know, that I'm not going to have him on the show. But at the end of the day, it's basically for indie artists. And the point was to have a community. You know, people don't, me sitting there technically and talking about a chord progression or the rhythmic, you know, groove here and what it does there, that's not necessarily something people listening that don't understand the technical terms, but they know the feeling that, hey, yeah, there's a transition between the pre-chorus and the chorus and it lifts up, but they can't tell you specifically the technical stuff. So it doesn't get too technical, but sometimes if 
you know, a listener asks a question or the songwriter has a particular, you know, we might be a little technical, but basically it's community for regular people to see the inside story of how songwriters create songs. And then it's also a songwriter community where people can learn to say, hey, listen, in general, something should change every eight bars. Otherwise, it gets too boring and monotonous. You can have a, you know, one-minute intro, but, and you can have a nice guitar chord progression, but listen, something's got to change every eight bars. Add something. Add a little flute in the background to the right. Pan it left. Do, do something. So, you know, it's for both songwriter and listener and fan who just wants to say, hey, I love this song. And I want to hear this song where I talk about it. And I've had some very cool people on that. You know, Billy Joe's uh, guitarist. I've had, you know, just people that um, are, are not uber, uber, super famous. But it's just a fun show to do because, like you, I think it's all about giving back to the community. And that takes me into the next segue. And, ladies and gentlemen, I admire this young man so much because, the royalties that he makes off of his music and his books and his videos, he gives them to a different charity every month. Is that not correct, Sarantos? Yeah, so when I first started, that was something that was super, super important to me. And like I said, if my music ever takes off to the point that I can sustain myself and tour and you know, I would do my day job for charity, completely for charity. Um, even I do a lot of charity with that now. And when I do this, the fans help me decide what charity to pick. So, for example, you know, I've had asthma in the past. I might say, hey, this song, it's a great fit for the, you know, American Asthma Association. Uh, my dad died of lung cancer, so the American Cancer Society. So there are certain charities like, can, the American Cancer Society, American Heart Association, I try to do like every year. But then within specific songs, you know, I might decide, hey, you know, this song is a really good fit for that charity. So the fans help me decide. I try to be different. And I used to do 33% of any proceeds went to charity. I stopped that because basically I kept being told, hey, don't be promising that and don't be like, tonight I don't list a number. All I do basically is I try to do whatever I can. And to be quite frank with you, my music, because I give away all my books and everything for free in my songs, technically it hasn't made a profit. I'm sure you guys know that it's not exactly cheap, even though I'm doing everything myself in my family room in terms of piano and synth and drums and singing. And I don't use mixers and I don't use people to master anymore. I do it all myself. It's just, it takes time. So at the end of the day, technically, I'm not really making a profit on my music, but at the end of the year, I look at it and I usually always donate money to several charities regardless. But the technical thing is there's a charity with each song. So this, for example, the song that just came out, you know, I just don't care. If that takes off, yeah, there's a charity tied to it that obviously would benefit tremendously from it. But I try to divvy it up because, you know, um, obviously no song has gone viral and taken over the internet and, you know, made me a household name. Almost assuredly tell you that after, after the show and this, Ian will tell you, this is from past experience I've had with my guest. You're going to see a change in your craft. You're going to see a change in the response to your music and any other um, artist that has been on there that I've said that to, they've they've gone to the top in in their in their music. And um, Matt Weston is one of them. Uh, Bill Abernathy is one of them. Richard Lynch is one of them. All these people went to the top after they came on this show. If this show was a small part in helping them go to the top, then this is this is uh, this was our purpose. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard. What Saranto said, he does this for the love of it, and he does this to give back. He is the change that he wants to see. So my suggestion to my audience is this. Support this young man, and you be the change that you want to see. Ian, would you agree? Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, 
you know, I was I was almost getting a little threatened that we had some friendly radio competition going on here. But honestly, <laughs> um, you, you know, at the end of the day, all good is good, right? doesn't mm-hmm. matter who does it yeah. best or who does it, you know. However, all good is good, and we need more good in the world. So I appreciate you doing that, man, and that really speaks to my soul. So just keep up the good work, and, and I'll, I'll have a friendly competition with you any day. You know, that, that brings me to another part of something we haven't talked about, but, you know, I've been to a couple of music conferences where people are, like, going around the room, and they walk up to you, and they're like, hey, you know, this is me and my wife. How you doing? What's your name? And you're like, oh, hey, you know, I'm very cool with everybody. And all of a sudden, they realize that you're like them. And you know what I'm saying? They literally just, like, don't even say bye. They just leave and go out to the next person. I'm a firm believer in everything always comes back. And at the end of the day, there's plenty of room for all of us to make it. There's room Absolutely. for you and I and your listeners to all have their dreams come true. So I'll be happy. There's plenty of money for everyone. There's plenty of love for everyone. And we should never compete against each other. And I, I do that in my day job, and it's rare, and I do it in my music. You know, I, I think that's how you should be as a human being. And and this is what we are about. This is why we have this show. This is why I wanted to get that in there so that people could go and listen to you and could understand. Just like you said, the the masses do not understand the intricacies of music, how it's made, how it's created, right. how it's produced, how it's played. Most of them just well, sing along, and most of them miss the words anyway. Well, and I want to challenge the, the thinking about um, competition, too, because not all competition is bad. I think what has happened, and unfortunately, um, Yvonne's going to make fun of my generation. I, I feel like Tom and Yvonne, don't do it. <laughs> they hear competition, anyway. and they hear, right, she's, she's cackling. She's ready for it. She's like, come on, Ian. What happened with my generation, I think, is that when we heard competition, we heard a threat. And when we heard competition, we heard danger. And when we heard competition, we heard that, you know, well, if I'm, if I'm not first, I'm last, right? But yeah. a friendly competition between two people, you get a little bit better, and I get a little bit better, and you get a little bit better, and we just keep getting better and better and better. And that's the, like, that's the great thing about art and music and radio shows is that – you know, you, you and I could have a very friendly competition of, you know, a radio off or whatever you will. That's very whimsical and silly, and I would never suggest that. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying is that, like, when we yeah. get a, a step ahead, you get a step ahead. When you get a step ahead, we get a step ahead, you know. And I think um, I just want to challenge that thought that you said that, you know, it's not a competition. Well, it, it isn't, but it it doesn't hurt to okay say, you know. Is. Yeah. Right. It doesn't hurt to say, hey, let's have a friendly match, if you will, because you inspire me to be better, and I want to inspire you to be better. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in, again, I wasn't the child of this era, but in the past it was like, you know, people would, you know, get their knuckles, they'd have a fight, and then they'd go out and have a milkshake together. So at the end of the day, I think you can be – you can be politically correct. You don't have to be mean. You can have a friendly competition. And, oh, yeah. you know, again, it's okay to be cool with each other, too. You don't have to be mortal enemies and just be obnoxiously rude to each other, either. You guys I think we forgot how to this. have casual conversation. Oh, I know. I was going to say it, too. Because <laughs> I looked at the phone, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so, Rontos, we have reached our five-minute mark, my friend. We are almost I'm to the end of this. I'm sorry to hear that, but... <laughs> Will, will, will you come back? <laughs> we would yeah, love absolutely. to. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the time has flown. So. I, see, this this show is not like any other show you've probably ever been on because this is what we do. We just sit and have a conversation with a new friend and talk about things. Yeah. I think she's yeah, actually the first cool. guest that has ever said, I'm sorry to hear that. Because usually it's, so it's, you know, wow, or like, oh, that's cool. Like, he actually sounds like I need to go over there and hug him and be like, it's okay, bud. Like, we'll, we'll get through the loss. Like, we'll have another show. Because he was a song we didn't even get to, and then he's just released this new song. So would you be willing to come back, say, in January or so? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you my contact info and uh, let me know. And for your listeners, again, if uh, typically the best way to reach out is my website. My website's www.melogia.com. In Greek, it means with words. Since I'm all about the lyrics and the words, that's what I thought was appropriate. And you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I check all my social media myself and feel free to sign up for my exclusive email list. I don't spam you. You basically just get an email when there's a new song or video. Um, that's pretty much it. But I'd be happy to grow together with any of anyone. Wonderful. Because I know that you don't do very many interviews. And I, again, thank you for spending an hour with Ian and myself and for coming on this show and and just relaxing and having a wonderful, wonderful conversation, playing your music, making me want to sing, dance, and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the three main things he wants you to do is sing, dance, and listen because there's there's something for everybody in his music. You just got to find your niche and go and listen to him. Read his books. Go look at his videos. Go listen to his radio show because I can promise you this. If you listen to one of his radio shows, you will come away with a greater understanding of the craft of making music. It's not just sitting down writing writing lyrics or writing a poem and putting it to, to notes. It's like he says, it's editing, it's it's changing the bars, it's it's movement, it's to and fro, it's keeping you drawn in, not pulling you out because you're bored. Am I right, Sorantos? Yes, absolutely. So real quick, in 30 seconds or less, what words of wisdom do you have for our listening audience? My words of wisdom are very simple. Number one, never quit. Never, ever, ever quit. Number two, always try to get better. And number three, just take it easy on yourself. We're all really rough on ourselves, and sometimes we'll mess up. Sometimes we'll take two steps backward, but take it easy on yourself. Learn and try not to make the same mistake twice. But if you do, get back on the horse and just keep going. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one amazing, talented artist. And, and again, we are so honored to have him here tonight. Next Monday night, we are working on a show with Izzy. They have not sent me their information yet, but on Tuesday night, we will have an old favorite of mine, Mr. Bill Abernathy. I know you all have heard him. I know you want to hear his new music. And we've got some surprises coming up. The end of the month, we're going to do... She's so annoying. We're going to do some Christmas music, even (laughs) though I say it's the silly season. But we have some artists out there that have some really, really nice uh, Christmas music that we're going to be playing for you. We're going to be interviewing two of them. So join us again, if not Monday night, then Tuesday night. I will put it back out there. Ian, quickly, any words of wisdom? No, I can't follow up after that. That was okay. that was too good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let him own the night tonight, and uh, I'll just do my my attitude of gratitude. I appreciate you, Yvonne, and we love you, and thanks for what you do, and thank you to our guests. Um, we really appreciate you. That hour did go by fast, man. I, I like your uh, I like your vibes. I really want to talk to you again. So I hope uh, I hope we cross paths again. Me too, man. Yeah, you so, guys have a great night, and thanks for having me. You now. too. So with that, we will say good night to our audience. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest indie music artist, Sorantos. Go check him out, and we will be talking to you, if not Monday night, then Tuesday night. Thank you again, gentlemen, and good night. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.